Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. The, the, the title of, of, of the series is Sit, Walk, Stand, and that comes from a book uh, by Watchman Nee, a Chinese pastor back in the day. And, and this is, the, this is the, the primary focus of that book that we are first to rest, to sit in our position in Christ. Then, as a natural outflowing, we walk the kingdom life. And then lastly, we stand in Christ's name against evil. That, that, this, that this, this walk that we're on takes different positions and different equipping and different disciplines that get us to the place where we can actually stand strong. That if we just start at the stand, we don't have, we don't have the foundation, the background to, to actually be able to. That if we just jump into the walk, um, our, our walk might be more of a wander with not, with not as much of a clear focus. And then we have this, this challenge to, to sit first so that, that we can understand him better. I'm gonna, we started off last week with uh, starting off in the middle of Ephesians. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on in the middle of Ephesians. So we were, we were reflecting on the prayer in Ephesians. It's probably my favorite prayer in the Bible um, it's, it's one that, that Paul wrote, and some of the, some of the prayers in, in Scripture are meant for the people at the time, that they were meant for a moment, they were meant for an individual, they were meant for a season, um, but some of them are ones that we can claim. Some of them are ones that we are supposed to be praying for ourselves, that we can pray his words for us. And, and I totally believe that Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, is, that, is one of those prayers. That it's one that, that God desires for us, it's written here for us. Paul's writing to the Ephesians, but this is a circular letter, and he was writing this to us as well. So Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 says this. When I think of all of this, these chapters that we're looking at right now, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and, and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 I want that. I want that for me. Selfishly, I want that for me. I want that for my boy. I want that for my girl. I want that for my wife. I want that for all of you. He wants that for us. He wants that. He wants that for us. Now, last week, we started in the sit, and this week, we get to continue in the sit. But last week's sit, I, I challenged you to, to, to focus on sitting in three different ways. The first was to sit and receive. The second was sit with hope and expectation, and to sit in thanksgiving and prayer. That we get, that we get to sit and receive what, what God has done through his son, and we, and we celebrated in communion today. That, that, was, that was a moment of sitting and receiving that we get to sit with hope and expectation that, that through his love, his plans are going to play out. Our life might, we, we might be wallowing in the suck now, but, but God's got something for us. 
that we are sit to, to sit in thanksgiving and prayer and, and have that be intentional. I caught myself this week, so uh, I discovered as I was swimming, so I'm swimming now because my foot hurts. Everybody heard me whining about my foot last week. So I've shifted to swimming so I don't hurt my foot, but I can still get the exercise in. And, and 40 minutes, 40 minutes going back and forth in the pool on my back is a brilliant time for Thanksgiving and prayer. And, and there were a bunch of names of people here. I was like, oh, I can be praying for them. I can be giving thanks for them. It was like, I'm going to redeem this time. This was a wonderful time to redeem. Have you found time to redeem? I, mean, I would. So that's not part of this message, but it was last week. Still, run with it. This week, find the, find the time to redeem in thanksgiving and prayer. Be intentional about it. Have that, that quiet time and, and just see what happens. And, and, and through that time, we get to understand better who God is and what he's done. And, and the cool part about all of what he's, what he's done is because, he's, because he loves us. Not because we've done anything amazing. Not because we're, we're awesome people and, and we've got all the, all the steps down, but, but he loved us. And, and I still can't comprehend that fully. Even as Paul's praying there, may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. I'd like to get a whole lot closer. I'd like to get a whole lot closer. A whole lot closer. And, and as I'm, I'm sitting in all of that, there is still a part of me that is, is ready to jump up and start doing. That I still have this, this, this kind of like base desire to, to earn, and he wants us to do good works, but, but still there's this foundation of, of him first that uh, I still get fidgety with. That we've, we've got this opportunity to sit, and I'm still like that toddler that is just like, I'm not going to sit here. I've got things to do, right? And you still might be there. But I'm going to encourage you to, to calm yourself down and sit some more. We're going to sit some more. So, so this morning, we're going to be looking at chapter 2. And because I don't like doing things in order, we're going to start off in the back of chapter 2. So chapter, Ephesians chapter 2, 19 through 22 says this. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord, through him, you Gentiles are also made, being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. There, there's, so, so just so you know, I'm going, through, I'm going through six chapters of Ephesians in four weeks, and we're blowing through really quick. quick. I, I wanted to do an expository sermon series, but really that would take me like 25 weeks to, to get through this all. So I'm, I'm going to be grabbing moments. That I've got this moment here with you today, and I'm going to be pulling some stuff here and, and saying, here, here's what I think we need to, to walk away with. So in, this ver in these verses here, what I love in these verses here is, is Paul is not speaking necessarily to me as an individual. He is speaking to us as a community. And, and, I, and I want you to, to grasp this, that we are called to sit in community. We don't have, uh, in our culture playbook, we, we talk about our belief in connection and our connection with God. 
um, but tied so closely in that uh, in in that belief in connection with God is our connection with others. That and these verses really highlight clearly what is there that we are not alone. We are in this together. And I'll say, like the last three years have been challenging staying together. That, that uh, you know, it, it sucks to have to talk about COVID. I'll just saw that COVID kind of like strained those bonds of togetherness, right? That, that for some of us introverts, that I have an introvert part of me, that when COVID hit and, and we were told to isolate, it was like, ooh, yes, this is freaking awesome. I have permission to not interact. Yes. That COVID made it, made it like almost okay to not be connected, that we had the permission uh, granted, and those and those connections were stretched, and and ties were cut, and mindsets were were challenged, were distorted, and and uh, and it's still challenging. That it's not like like everything switched off really quick, but the switch back on is. Is not as quick. That even though we're all sitting here right now, who still has some some qualms about handshakes, about hugs, about being in large groups of people? It's just uh, it's still kind of challenging, isn't it? Somebody knows who I'm talking about. And then and then there's like social uh, social media aspect that kind of like we latched on to even more so in that period where where we rationalize that's our relational connection. I'm still connected with others because, because I see them on social media. Lurkers? Lurkers, yes. It's, I am always fascinated by, so we post stuff up there, and, and, and I'll share why I use Facebook the way that I use it, but it's always fascinating that, that certain posts will draw the lurkers out. <laughs> right? That there are some things that it's like, oh, that resonated with, Somebody who never likes anything. And, oh, Tracy Armantrout came out. Look at that. <laughs> but, but we can use that as our connection point. I'm still connected with others because I know others, but you don't really know others. You, you see this little, this little blip. There really is no connection there. We rationalize away as a, that's, that's my connection. That, that's my community. But it's... But it's not. It's just kind of like a mirage of a community. What we see in these verses that Paul's talking about is, is something more intentional, that we're called for clearly more. He's, he's talking to the Gentiles and letting them know you are part of God's family. Yeah, the, the Jews are here, but you are too. That you're being knit into this community. You are a part of this holy family. You are built on this foundation of Jesus, joined together as a part of God's house. Sometimes I feel like I'm the garden shed in the back. I'm kind of there. I'm on the property, but I'm not totally connected in. And that might be some of the, the, the repercussions of the last couple of years. But, but I want to encourage you to be a part of the house. To, to step into that community aspect and not just be out there somewhere. And don't, and don't be the little room underneath the stairs. Yeah, that's part of the house, but nobody thinks about that either. You're not that either. You're, you're a, pow, a part of his house that is being knit together. You are part of this community. 
And there's a reason for you to be a part of this community. That, that you've got, that he is using you in, in, in your sphere of influence to, to shine who he is. That you've got a 20 square feet of influence. 20, anybody familiar with 20 square feet? You're 20 square feet? So, so we've all got our 20 square feet. The people that are, are in our bubble. The people that, that we have relationships with. The people that we're connected with. The people that we serve with or work alongside of. And, and, and in here, like, in here, there's, if, if you, like, scoped out your 20 square feet, just look around. How far out is 20 square feet for you? Look at all the people in your bubble. The, the, my encouragement to you is to, is to contemplate that while we're here in the church building, that you've got 20 square feet. There are people within your 20 square feet. They're your community. They're, they're the ones that God is knitting you together with as well as the body here. You have impact. You have influence. God is working through you in the lives of others, and there is importance for you being joined together with those around you in this space. As we look at the rest of these verses, I want you to keep that in mind, that you are sitting in community. So let's look at some other ways that we can sit in community with intention, with discipline, and with purpose. The first is this, to sit and remember. So I'm, I'm a Facebook user. I'm a Facebook user primarily for me um, and my family, that most of my family lives out of state. So I post things up that I think that they would appreciate seeing as we live our lives here in, in Ohio. And and. And I use memory. So I will confess, the first thing I do when I wake up is I go to Facebook. Not to see what you are doing. I don't really care what you're doing. <laughs> later on in the day. I care later on in the day. First thing in the morning, I'm not thinking about you. What I'm thinking about is uh, the past. So I'll go to memories. Memories is brilliant. And I go, I go to memories and I look at, so what happened this day over my lifetime at Facebook? And I get to remember I get to remember when my kids were, were like little itty-bitty peoples. Faces that, that I don't remember. They're not the faces that are on their face right now. My boy's got a beard. My daughter doesn't. <sighs> but I love being able to go to Facebook and remember. Remember where they were. Uh, remembering the, the, the places that we traveled. Remembering some of the painful things that, we went on, that, that have gone on in our lives. I post up there. It's like, ah, Yes. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. And it's not so that I can, I can like have the desire to go back to that time. I don't have a desire to go back to that time. I just forget. And I want to remember. And, and those memories have an impact. Those, em those memories um, challenge me today. Dwelling on, on future stuff can be overwhelming, but looking back in the past, there's, there's just something, something right about it. I, have, I get to have the memories of what it was like to be a stay-at-home dad and going to the zoo and the playgrounds with my kid. I get, to, I get to have memories of when I was working at the Harborview Hotel and this ticket machine was pushing out tickets, and I just remember just wanting to die. I was just... Life sucked at that point because I just couldn't get through all the food. I've got, I've got the memories of what it was like to be driving home to see my dad the last time and be late. 
those are all valuable memories. I want to remember them. I don't want to rest in them, but I want to remember them. I don't want to go back, for better or worse. I want to remember them because they make a difference. It allows me to see how I've changed. It allows me to see where I still need to change. Ephesians 2 2 starts with this. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Do you remember that? I remember that. I remember then. I remember when I was dead. (laughs) I could tell stories about when I was dead. I'm in this group with with James, Nancy, and Lorenzo, and our first group that met, we did this this sticky note thing. Um, We had to write down on one colored sticky note the good things, the things, the good things in life that had an impact in us. And then another color sticky note we had the opportunity to write down the negative things, the things that impact us in a, in a negative way. He's going to pop that picture up there. So this was my sticky note timeline. Here is where I was dead. It was a fascinating process going through this. I've had the opportunity to share my testimony before, but it's been a really long time. And, and when we did the sticky note thing, it was... It was like, oh, oh, I remember that. I remember that. I remember, I remember there were good things when I was dead, and there were things that kind of really sucked when I was dead. But I needed to remember that. There, there, was, there was value in, in remembering those moments, remembering who I was prior They, they, they give me an opportunity to reflect on, on who I don't want to be and how I don't want to walk. There's a quote by somebody. It's misquoted by, for a whole bunch of people, but, but it's, uh, those who can't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. I don't want to forget that. I don't believe God wants me to forget that. In fact, if I, if I remember it, it makes the aftermath all the better. Do you remember that? He wants us to. He wants us to remember. He wants us to share those memories in community. He wants us to share those stories in community. He wants to share those testimonies, your testimonies, because they're not just your testimonies. They are his. Sit and remember. Next, I believe he wants us to sit and reflect. Reflection's a little bit different than remembering. Remembering is what used to be. Reflection is kind of like a reflection of what is, what is now. In our relationship with God, it includes what is still to come. So I... 
I, I use the wallowing in the suck. That's, I guess that's like my thing, one of my things, that we wallow in the suck. And in a reflection, it's, it's, not, it's not wallowing. I was like, I gotta figure out, I gotta figure out a different word because it's like not wallowing in life, wallowing in, in joy, wallowing in glory. Um, what's a positive word for wallow? Immerse, that's a good one. Take pleasure in, bask in, relish, delight. In these next verses, I believe that is, that is what he is calling us to sit and reflect in. That God wants us to sit and reflect on who he is, what he has done, and how he has transformed us. So once we were dead, but in verse 4, but... God so, is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. There is relief in those verses. Maybe a, a default response of mine is not intentionally sitting in those verses and, and hearing the, the story told that he wants us to hear and, and not grasp those as our realities. that we can be challenged by the, the difficulties in life now and, and not have a full grasp on this. Which, again, goes back to Paul's prayer. He wants us to understand, you might not fully grasp it yet, but please get a little bit closer to how wide and love and deep his love is for us. That we get to marinate in it. My chef, marinate it. Makes it taste better, right? So let's, can we bring up the post-it note again? So my post-it note. What's cool is, so my, my death side, well, I remember it, it's not as fully fleshed. There's not as much stuff there. But the afterwards, the reflection on the afterwards of, of where I am now, so there's still a whole bunch of, these are the hard things. Oh, wait, no, those are the hard things. The blue things are the hard things. It's like, these are the hard things. No, wait, Rowan's not a hard thing. Um, <laughs> the blue things are the hard things. And I know that there are more in there as well. But, but when I reflect on what he's done and who I am in these moments, there's relief there. And I get challenged to, to reflect on that. And I get challenged to share that, even with my group. Back, back when, when we first came to Ohio, we, jo we joined a, uh, a small group, and somebody heard parts of my testimony, and they asked me to you know, take the first five minutes of a small group and share my testimony. I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And he said, what you want to do is you want to write it out so that you can just be concise and know what you're talking about. It's like, okay, I'll write it out. And so I started writing it out, and... I, and, and uh, so if I, go, if I go to this, so that was here in 2004. 
And, and so I went back to, to 99 when I was saved because I figured that's when my testimony starts, right? And it's like, oh, no, 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 wait a minute. It actually starts back here in like 97. And as I was writing it out and added that section there, I realized, oh, actually it, it starts over here. And then as I wrote that out, I was like, oh, actually it like starts way over here. And then I went to bed and I said, so I can't do this in five minutes. <laughs> if, you, if you want the proper testimony, I can't do that in five minutes. It's going to probably take the group. It's going to take the whole group time. He's like, hey, whatever, you, you can take the whole group time. I don't have to make a lesson then. So, okay, I'll take, I'll take the group. And so I shared my testimony. It was the first time I had shared it from, like, beginning to end. And, um, and so my testimony is varied. I have uh, a lot of experiences that maybe some of you don't have. And, 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 and it's just, like, so a radical shift. I used to be a raving atheist. Used to have fun torturing Christians. Um, I've got physical abuse in there. I've got suicide attempt in there. I've got, I've got stuff. So I've got stuff in my testimony. And I shared my testimony. And I had people come up to me afterwards. And they said, man, that is a great testimony. I don't have a testimony like that. It's like, well, first off, why would you want to? <laughs> but second off, what, what do you mean? And it's like, well, that's just, that's just all like really heavy stuff. And I said, well, yeah, what about you? And it's like, well, I was saved when I was 14, and like, life's been great ever since, or something like that. It's like, yeah, but where were you when you were 13? It's like, well, well, life wasn't really that hard. I said, yeah, but you were dead. You were dead. That, it, that the details don't even really matter. That before Christ saved you, you were dead. And now you're alive. That's a beautiful testimony. That's the only one that matters. Everything else is just details. Right? Reflect on that. I was dead. Now I'm alive. Now I'm alive. Now I'm alive. How often do we think about that? How often do we think about that? How often do we reflect on that? So, so you experienced last week, I like swapping out some verbs and, or some, some nouns in, uh, in Scripture just because I think it can make it a little bit more poignant. So we're going to look back at those, those verses in, from Ephesians 2, 4 through 7 with a slight tweak. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved me so much that even though I was dead because of my sins, he gave me life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by Christ, God's grace that I've been saved. For he raised me from the dead along with Christ and seated me with him in the heavenly realms because I am united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to me in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards me as shown in all he has done for me. I am united with Christ Jesus. Oh my. But there's one more, one more tweak I want to throw on this. Shift it one other way because you can share this with somebody else. 
But God is so rich in mercy that he loved you so much that even though you were dead because of your sins, he gave you life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised you from the dead along with Christ and seated you with him in the heavenly realms because you are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to you in all future ages as an example of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards you as shown in all he has done for you who are united with Christ Jesus. Who needs to hear this? Who needs to... Who needs to hear this so they can bask and delight in his, his glory and his strength rather than wallow in the, the story of suck that you've got going on inside your head? Sit and reflect on that. And then the last sit, sit with the intention to walk. Now we've spent this time here focused on how it is that, that we sit and understand him better, how we can reflect on him and, and know him more, um, but, but there's also this intention to walk. I love my recliner. I've got one of those electric recliners that takes a little bit to get up and then go down. And, and, and the purpose of my recliner when I go to sit in that is to sit. I'm going to sit and eat. I'm going to sit and watch TV. I'm going to sit and play on my phone. There is no purpose to that recliner outside of uh, sitting in complacency. Um, but, but the sit that, that we're looking at here is purposeful. It's with intention. It is disciplined, not just to make you an amazing sitter, but it's in preparation for the walk, to make you an amazing walker. So as you sit and receive, as you sit with hope and expectation, as you sit in thanksgiving and prayer, as you sit and remember, as you sit and reflect, not only are you developing disciplines that are getting you to know him better, but you're preparing for the walk with meaning and with purpose. Verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he had planned for us to do long ago. So as we prepare to step into week three, we get to press pause on these verses and, and embrace this with expectation, this intention of walking, because this is where it's going. Is it because of how awesome you are? Nope. Is it how equipped and trained you are? No, that comes, but, but that's not the basis. The plans that are before you are not because of you, but because of him. You are his masterpiece for his glory. So turn to the person next to you and tell them, you are his masterpiece. That's pretty easy, isn't it? It's nice being able to tell somebody that. Okay, close your eyes for a moment. Tell yourself, I am his masterpiece. Does that land a little bit different? Is that a little bit more challenging? Is that a little bit more satisfying? I am created anew, and I am his masterpiece. I was once dead, but now I am alive because of his grace. I was once de dead, but now I am alive because of his mercy. I was once dead, but now I am alive for his plans. I was once dead, but now I am alive, and I live for his glory.
That is the story to tell. That is the true story. Where are you in this moment? Are you in a position to grasp that? Or does somebody need to invest a little bit more in you to let you know you are alive? You are his masterpiece. He's got a plan for you. Let's step into that. As we sit through these initial verses, we are getting ready to step into that walk. And with the foundation of, of Jesus and knowing who God is and what he's done for us, that is, that is what's going to allow us to walk and not wander. And that, and that we do that as a community. That there are people in this room that, in your 20 square feet, that they need to walk with you. And that you need to be walking with, that, that you need them to walk with you. That as we increase our connection with God, we have this opportunity to increase our connection with others to expand our 20 square feet. Not to expand it to 30, but to bring people into that 20. To be intentional, to see others, other believers as Christ's, as, as God's masterpiece. To offer up that, that hand of encouragement and to walk that path. I'm going to encourage you this week as, as you walk, find, find somebody in this room to start the conversation of, you're his masterpiece. I am too. Sit in that. Marinate in that in the preparation to take your next step. And and then like connection is part of our, our culture playbook. Growth is a part of our culture playbook as well. And I want to encourage you that that when we look at these last verses, he's got plans for you. He's created you for the plans that he made before you were here. He's got plans for you. And that doesn't mean that we just get to sit and go, okay, when the plans show up, when the opportunity shows up, I'm going to be ready. You've still got to, there's still some equipping to do. There's still steps that you need to take. There is still discipline to be had. There are, there's still obedience to follow through. And if you're sitting in this room and you're like, I have absolutely no clue where to start. I'm going to tell you where to start. In that macro room over the, that backspace over there at Growth Track. If you want to have an understanding, a better understanding of how God created you and what opportunities might be there, sure, Lee would love to walk you through it. That is how God has prepared her. Shirley is, is God's masterpiece. And he planned for her to be in growth track to help people discover what it is that they're supposed to do. Amen. Shirley is going to have a conversation with me later on in the week. not be very happy. You're his masterpiece. You hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Participate in growth track. Find ways to connect with others. Grow groups are happening. Connect into a grow group. Get plugged into a grow group. If, if your pattern is to bolt out of here really quick after service, hang out for a little bit. Grab a seat. Grab somebody. Don't just grab a seat and wait for somebody to come up to you. 
you increase the, the people in your 20 square feet and go up to someone and say, hey, I want you in my 20 square feet. And then take some time to remember and reflect so that you can share his testimonies as well. People need to hear them. People want to hear them. God wants to hear them. He wants to hear you share stories of his grace, of his mercy, and his glory. I'm going to close this out in prayer here in the same way that I closed this out last week. Going back to Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. You guys are going to get so sick of hearing those verses, aren't you? Never. They're beautiful verses. So let's pray. Father, when we think of all of this, we fall to our knees and pray to you, Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. We pray that from your glorious unlimited resources, you will empower us with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. Our roots will grow down into your love and keep us strong. And may we have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep your love is. May we experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully, then we'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from you. In this moment with your your eyes closed and your head bowed. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw out the ask. So are you still dead? Is this the moment where new life comes? Is this the moment where you say, Yep, I'm gonna accept Jesus Christ. I'm gonna accept him as the foundation. I want to be knit into that house. If that's you this morning, if, if, if new life is on your doorstep, I would encourage you to raise your hand. Let me know. And we can be praying for you. That is a beautiful thing. And this might be the moment that, that you say, yep, I have been the garden shed. I've been over there somewhere. I've been kind of separated from the house. I'm ready to be a room again. I'm ready to be there. If that is either of your situations, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a prayer, and the prayer is not magical. It's just an opportunity for you to confess and believe, to start or restart that new life that comes through Jesus. I'll start the prayer, and if you pray along, we'll pray together and have a celebration. Father, I thank you for this morning. I accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. I set aside my life of death and step into a life with you. I thank you. I praise you. And I begin the walk today. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship, where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today. Hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again, and we'll see you at next week's episode.